Christ's command to his followers before his ascension to heaven was for them to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, all Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth. Our Lord did not intend for the good news of his death and resurrection to stay local, but instead it was to be taken globally. In this third section of Acts, the adventure continues as the gospel is taken to the ends of the earth. Let's join Scott Pauley now for today's study. I love the concentration of the Apostle Paul. Eyes on the prize, this one thing I do. There is this, there is this sense about Paul that everything else is just background noise. And it is, he is totally on the Lord's frequency. He's dialed in to what God has given him to do, and that is to develop disciples. Not just to get people to make decisions, but to actually develop disciples. Wait a minute, isn't that what Jesus did? Isn't this the pattern that the master first laid out? To simply leave behind a group of committed followers of Jesus Christ. When we left Paul last in Acts chapter 19, there has been a mob gathered and religious rage, and they're shouting and screaming for two solid hours. They're chanting, Great is Diana of the Ephesians. This particular goddess that they were serving was one of tremendous immorality. So there's idolatry and immorality. Those two things always go together. And Ephesus is being shaken now by the gospel of Jesus Christ, and that's upsetting lots of religious systems and even the economy. I'll remind you that Diana's not great. Only God is great. And so there is this mob going on. Finally, they tamp it down. Verse 35 of Acts 19 says, And when the town clerk had appeased the people, he said, Ye men of Ephesus, what man is there that knoweth not how that the city of the Ephesians is a worshiper of the great goddess Diana and of the image which fell down from Jupiter? Seeing then that these things cannot be spoken against, ye ought to be quiet and to do nothing rashly, for you have brought hither these men, which are neither robbers of churches, nor yet blasphemers of your goddess. Wherefore, if Demetrius and the craftsmen which are with him have a matter against any man, the law is open, and there are deputies. Let them implead one another. But if ye inquire anything concerning other matters, it should be determined in a lawful assembly. For we are in danger to be called in question for this day's uproar, there being no cause whereby we may give an account of this concourse. And when he had thus spoken... He dismissed the assembly. And then you come to Acts 20, verse 1, and after the uproar was ceased, Paul called unto him the disciples. Isn't this fascinating? There's no fear. There's a steadiness. Now, there's no retreat. There's advance. Now, there's no, let's take a breather. Let's, uh, let's let this thing quiet down just a little bit. As soon as the uproar was over, what is Paul doing? The same thing he was doing before the uproar. He's developing disciples. And in the verses that follow, the opening verses of Acts chapter 20, you find, I believe, some of the great principles for developing disciples. I want to give them to you today, and I want to do more than give them to you. I want to challenge you to use them. You see, everything reproduces after its own kind. So if you're a disciple you're supposed to be developing disciples. If you're really a learner of God's truth and a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, if you're a true disciple, then you should desire not only to follow Christ but to lead others to do the same. You should desire to bring someone else along with you to develop another disciple. Who are you going to leave behind? 
who are you investing in? Who are you instructing and influencing? Who are you ministering to the things that have been ministered to you? And this was Paul's pattern. This was Christ's pattern. It must be our pattern. And so how do you develop disciples? Well, first of all, the Bible says that when Paul called unto him the disciples, he embraced them. He embraced them and departed for to go into Macedonia. So first of all, if you're going to develop disciples, you must demonstrate the love of God to them. Remember that our relationship with other believers, with other people, grows out of our relationship with God. What is that? It's a relationship built on God's love. So here is a man who is showing the love of God. Look at the contrast with the hatred that's just been shown to him. And instead of him answering flesh with flesh, hatred with hatred, anger with anger, wrath with wrath, instead, here's a man full of the Spirit and full of the love of God, and he's demonstrating that to these disciples. So if you want to develop another disciple, don't begin with facts. Don't begin with just pouring things into their mind. Begin by building a relationship, showing the love of God, demonstrating an interest in them, uh, showing them the compassion you have been shown. Then in verse 2 it says, And when he had gone over those parts and had given them much exhortation, he came into Greece. And there abode three months, and when the Jews laid wait for him as he was bound about to sail into Syria, he purposed to return through Macedonia. So not only did he show the love of God to these disciples, but he exhorted them. He encouraged them. He taught them. And in fact, the Bible says he gave them much exhortation. I remember years ago hearing someone say that people do not care how much you know till they know how much you care. Well, there's a great deal of truth in that, and there's an actually demonstration of that in Paul's example. He began by demonstrating his love, embracing, showing compassion, and then out of that, it opens the door for him to exhort and to teach them. So we don't begin by simply teaching lessons. We begin by sharing our life. And then once we have connected our life to another person, then we have the opportunity and the privilege of pouring truth into them. Do you want to develop a disciple? Perhaps it's your own child. Maybe it's a, a new believer in your church, a younger person, uh, someone that's struggling. Uh, who is it you're developing? Who is it God's assigned to you at this particular time? Show the love of God to them and exhort them. Then the Bible says in verse 4, And there accompanied him into Asia, so Peter of Berea, and of the Thessalonians, Aristarchus and Secundus, and Gaius of Derby, and Timotheus, and of Asia, Tychicus, and Trophimus, these going before tarried for us at Troas. Here's a third principle if you're going to develop disciples, and that is spend time with them. This is wonderful, but he doesn't just talk at people. He actually has a group of people traveling with him. Uh, don't you know that even along the journey, these people were growing and being trained? Sometimes uh, the, the meeting itself may not be all you want it to be, but the people who are with you as co-laborers that you're investing in, that may be the greatest thing that grows out of it. So spend time with those you're trying to develop. You never develop disciples from a distance. Then verse 6 says, And we sailed away from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread, and came unto them to Troas in five days, where we abode seven days. And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread. So not only does he show love to them and exhort them and spend time with them, now there's a principle here of fellowship. Fellowship with other disciples. This is the gathering of the church on the first day of the week, and they're, they're breaking bread. Uh, my friends, we must fellowship. We need one another. Don't separate yourself from the group. Don't be a Lone Ranger Christian. 
If you're going to develop disciples, then you have to get close enough to people for them to know you and spend time with you and watch your example and to, to stay in fellowship with one another. That's God's way. Don't you know the Father wants his children to be together? We're going to be together forever at the Father's house. Perhaps we should spend more time together now. Then one final thing. The Bible says, When they came together, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued his speech until midnight. That's a long sermon, isn't it? And we'll come back to this thought in our next study. But he preached the truth to them. You see, it's not just preaching the gospel. Now it's preaching the whole counsel of God and developing these disciples. When you come to Acts 20, verse 1 has the word disciples, verse 7 has the word disciples, and in these opening seven verses, you find the great pattern for developing disciples. Show the love of God to them, exhort them, spend time with them, fellowship, and then continue to preach the truth of God to them. May the Lord help you today to be a true follower of Jesus and bring others with you on the journey. Ask the Lord to use you to develop some disciple right where you are. Though no more scripture is being written, the story of the furtherance of the gospel is being written at this very moment, and we get to be part of that story. The heart of our Savior is as passionate for the lost today as it was just before he ascended in Acts 1. Will you get in on what God is doing in the world today to reach the lost with the gospel? This is why enjoying the journey exists to encourage and to equip you in the work of the gospel. Whether it is through the daily broadcast or the many resources on our website, Scott and all of us on the Enjoying the Journey team are passionate about people coming to know Christ as Savior. We pray that you truly will enjoy the journey, but we also pray that you will bring others with you on your journey of following Christ.